New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Albert Flynn de Silver, and he's a poet, a teacher of writing, and a novelist, and a writer himself. And his newest book is Writing as a Path to Awakening, A Year to Becoming an Excellent Writer and Living an Awakened Life. Albert, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you so much, Justine. It's a joy to be here. It's a joy to have you here. And as you teach writing as a process of discovery and discovering who we are, and in the meantime, becoming a better writer. Mm-hmm. So tell me, how do we do that? How do we <laughs> launch into that piece of discovery through writing? I think it starts with silence. As we are silent for just a moment, I love it, yes. just want people to feel into that silence for a moment. Uh, It does start with silence. In accessing this field of creativity, this field of awareness, which is the creative field, and this is our very nature. And so when we can step into that with courage and with attention and with presence, that's when the real writing can begin. Writing not just from the head and from what we think and what we know, but writing from the body, those undercurrents of the visceral internal experience, I think is really where the writing can begin powerfully. So you suggest meditation, and throughout your book, you have coupled processes and prompts for writing and practices for writing, as well as meditative experiences. You you pair those up all throughout the book. And the meditations always come first, (laughs) to set that groundwork, right? To get ourselves on the path to awakening. You know, it starts with silence, and then we can fill it with language that can point to a deeper experience of the world. And I would think that that's a rare opportunity for us to go into that silence where writing, we're using words. Our lives are filled with words. So having that moment without words. Well, and this is what the book deals with is how do we reconcile these two seemingly disparate aspects of mind? The mind that's generating the ideas and generating language versus the silence, the absence of language, (laughs) the absence of of words, that feel that makes words possible. In my experience, entering into that silence, entering into that bodily self-awareness is where the deeper writing comes from and can arise from. And you being a poet, you also suggest that poetry can be a tremendous trigger for imagination. Absolutely. Poetry is the language of possibility. The great Carl Sandburg said, I think that he said, poetry is an echo asking a shadow to dance. <laughs> now, what's more imaginative than that, right? This is the gateway, the entry point into reminding and rekindling our imaginative self. 
You also have ways in the book to help us to write poetry. And that seems like such an impossibility to write any poetry. So what are your suggestions (laughs) to get us to actually try to actually even dare to? Well, I think it starts with interest, right? I mean, there's lots of things to do in the world, um, and one should be interested. And it also starts with reading, you know, being curious and reading into poetry and connecting with that deeper sensibility that is poetic awareness, I think. And then giving it a try. You know, I had this whole experience. I was trained as a photographer, went to undergrad school as a photographer, graduate school as a photographer, and then wound up being a poet and writer. Like, how does that happen? Well, what happened was, I one night I was noodling around in the photo studio at the Art Institute, and uh, Bill Berkson, who was the art history teacher at the Art Institute at that time, he said, hey, there's um, a poetry reading tonight in San Francisco. What are you doing? I was like, ah, I've got some photo stuff to do. Uh, he said, hey, it's going to be a great reading. Come check it out. I said, no, I'm not really interested in poetry. I don't know much about it. He said, come. So I went. So I was like, okay, Bills. You, you, <laughs> so you respected him enough to say, okay. Well, and I knew that he, besides being an art historian and an art writer for Art News and Art in America and all that, he was also a poet. And so I was a little bit intrigued. So I went and I get there. And it turns out it's the release party for the Norton Anthology of Postmodern American Poetry. And it's an incredible cast of amazing poets. Diane DePrima is there, and Alice Notley from Paris, and Ron Padgett from New York. And I'd never seen anything like this. I'd never seen poetry or heard poetry like this. And during the introduction, I'll never forget, Paul Hoover, who's the editor of the anthology, reads a quote from Jack Spicer, the great 1950s Berkeley Renaissance poet, where Spicer says in his poem, he says, the poet builds a castle on the moon made of dead skin and glass. And I was like, what? (laughs) What could that possibly mean? That's the most beautiful, weird, strange, trippy thing I've ever heard. And at that moment, I realized that this is the power of language. This is the power of image to transform somebody's reality and their sense of creative possibility. And that was the night I became a writer. Wow. And and you're putting these images together that just kind of tweak the mind or turn it off, you know, or something happens. Well, it sort of transcends that overly thinking mind into this sort of other dimension of mystery and beauty that usually we can't access because we're overthinking our ideas about beauty rather than being with beauty itself and allowing that beauty to flow through us from the inside out. Yes, yes, I I get it. And, And with that, you're tapping into a feeling of, you said it earlier, possibility, because it just expands the boundaries of how we hold things. Because we're so rigid in in naming things and saying, oh, this is blue or this is green or this is whatever it is. And then we dismiss it. And then we don't even see it anymore Mm -hmm. after we name it. So this is like renaming things. And I had no idea what those words really meant. I just knew I loved them and that they moved me emotionally and that it got me to the page. 
You know, that's something Ted Berrigan, the great New York school poet, used to say. He's like, who are those writers that get you to the page? Ah. And he met those writers that, well, like you say, tweaked your awareness, tweaked your sense of possibility enough that you were like, hey, what could I write? What do I have to say? My voice matters too. Like, why can't I participate in this great creative experiment that is culture? Like, why does this person get to do it and I don't? And so, a great writer, I think, provides an invitation. All right. Here is someone who has been inspired by mm-hmm. something like that and they want to write. And I'm thinking of that person. I'm thinking of myself <laughs> as being this isolated person who wants to write. And that act of writing is not something we can do in isolation. Sure. Yeah, so I think both things are true, right? We do need a certain sense of solitude and aloneness to be with the imagination, to be with the creativity. And we also need the community. I mean, if we want to engage in this cultural conversation, the community is essential and the community helps us and the community actually is part of that whole writing process. Otherwise, you're just sort of writing into the ether. I mean, I think it's also valuable to engage in that conversation with the self. But then that begs the question, what is the self? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Exactly. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Do we want to go down that road? But you go down that road in the book. I mean, that's what you're talking about. It's personal discovery. Right. And so when you write into this individual self, you keep writing into it deeper and deeper and deeper you discover that you are not this isolated individual capsule, but that you are permeable and that the self begins everywhere. One of my favorite quotes in the whole world is from the great spiritual teacher, Nisargadatta Maharaj, who said, I cannot tell what I am because words can describe only what I am not. (laughs) Which is so wacky and crazy to think about. But I think what he's pointing to is this sense of like, Everything that we can write and point to, all the physical stuff of the world and the emotions and the ideas and the beliefs and the thoughts, that's not who we really are. That's all lovely, interesting stuff. But what we are is that which makes the love possible, that which makes the words possible. And so, the most powerful words, I think, point to that sensibility. Yes. Yes. And you advise to keep practicing, just keep at it, to hone it, to share it, to practice. So that we engage in the process. I mean, that's how we discover a process, by returning to the page over and over and over again. And sometimes it's difficult. And I think showing up for those times that it's difficult, the times that you don't want to write, that's the transformative moment. That's when everything changes because you realize that, oh, right, I can write crap and it's okay. (laughs) And this is actually going to take me to the writing of brilliance. And I was so relieved to realize that some of my favorite widely published authors still got A stuck and B still wrote garbage. Even after all these years, after all their experience. They show up on the page and they write crap. I was like, whoa, okay. Then I I can write crap. (laughs) I can do that. And when I keep allowing myself to write crap, all of a sudden, 
the magical thing happens that is writing brilliance, that it just comes through. When you talk about the editing process and the rewriting process, you gave an example in the book of, I don't remember which poet it was, published poet who is beautiful poem, and he's reading this poem, and it's... Oh, yeah, that was at the reading, actually, that Bill Berkson had told me to come to, was the Norton Anthology. And there he is, he's standing up in front of all these people, we're all expecting him to read from the anthology, but instead he reaches in his pocket, and he fishes out a piece of paper, and he unfolds it, he's like... I have a new version of this poem that I've since edited. (laughs) And he reads that version instead. And that just blew my mind. I was like, oh, I thought it was done when it's published. (laughs) It's in the (laughs) anthology. Isn't it done? And in some ways, it's never done, right? It's never complete. And so that was a real liberating mind tweak for me where I could finally see, oh, this is what they mean by process and surrendering to process. So it's never finished. Oh, (laughs) Albert, I want to thank you so much for being part of the New Dimensions Cafe today. What a joy, Justine. So nice to be with you. Thank you so much. And the same back at you. (laughs) I've been speaking with Albert Flynn de Silver, and he is the author of Writing as a Path to Awakening, A Year to Becoming an Excellent Writer and Living an Awakened Life. Life. And if you want to know more about his work, you can go to his website, Albert Flynn de Silver, and he spells his middle name F L Y N N de Silver, D E S I L V E R, Albert Flynn de Silver.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us in the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do, join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You, too, can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.